onset of starlight from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchaxis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 10 Mother Forgive Me Her feet thundered across the haphazard rooftops of Zaun. Time had not dulled her edge when it came to running. It was something she had always been good at, better than the other kids, better than anyone. It was never a secret to her family that she had always had to slow down for the others to keep up. So it was only when she was alone, when she had no one to look after but herself, that she could truly fly. Vi leapt narrow chasms and lethal drops without faltering in her pursuit. She was no ideal bird on the wing. She was a hunter, and her prey was in her sight. He was old, but he was still good. He crossed the rooftops without fear, and that was the first step to flying. If you were afraid when you ran the high places of Zaun, then it was better than even odds that Zaun would eat you. That had been true back when it was just the Undercity, and it held true now. So yeah, he was good, but not good enough to get away. No one was that good. No one except her sister. The pneumatics of her atlas boots fired, launching her forward and past her target. She landed knuckles first, and the impact buckled the steel plate that his foot had just landed on, sending him staggering. Vi used the moment to kick up, spin on her axis, and land a heel into his gut. The air left him in a rush as he went flying, and he shrieked as he tumbled off the edge of the roof. For a brief moment he was falling. The great cavernous maw of Zaun was yawning open to eat him alive the way it had eaten so many others. Then her other fist closed around his ankle, another hiss of steam left the pneumatics, and she lifted him up. You know, Gazek, I had a lot of other plans tonight that didn't involve chasing your greasy ass through half of Zaun, Vi said pointedly. He was a lean, rangy fellow with skin the color of used motor grease and long, matted braids. His wild array of shawls and scarves dangled around his face, along with a motley array of tin and brass jewelry. And when he smiled, it was through a mouthful of metal stub teeth. I ain't done nothing yet, bootlicker. Kazakh said. I'd ask why you're hassling me. But we both know that's just what enforcers do, yeah. So get on with it. He grinned wider. Knock a few more out. Vi sighed. I just wanted information and I was willing to pay for it, okay? She heaved him away from the edge and threw him back onto the roof. You're the one who lit off like his ass was on fire the moment you saw me. We've dealt before, Gaz. What's the deal? You've never pulled a runner on me like that. Kazakh pushed himself over and flopped onto his back before sitting up and massaging his bruised chest. Things change, Vi, he said. Words come down. No more deals with the brass bills, Savvy. Your pilty coins ain't no good down here no more. Word from who? Vi scoffed. Some baron? Klask? You've never given two shits about what the Ken Barons say or think, Gaz. Not so long as it makes you a profit. Like I said... Things change, he replied flatly. Vi cracked her knuckles and the bolts and gears of her fists ground together as she advanced. Nothing changes that much, she said. You've been playing both sides since my parents were still sucking down air, so talk to me. 
Vi tossed a small bag that clinked heavily with coin at Gazik's feet. What has you so goddamn spooked that it finally managed to shut up loose lips Gazik? Gazik snorted as he eyed the bag of coin, but to Vi's surprise, he didn't take it. He looked back up at her with those watery, bloodshot brown eyes of his and shook his head. Keep your coin, Vi. Told you. That ain't no good, Donny, he said. Bullshit. Vi kicked the bag closer. You're a greedy old sumsucker, Gaz, and you always have been. He ignored the clink of coin. It was the first time she'd ever seen him do that. In the past month, all of her contacts down in the Undercity had ghosted her, every damn one of them. Gazik had been the last ditch, and she'd tracked him down the old-fashioned way. Of all the information brokers that Vi had ever dealt with, Loose Lips Gazik had always been the epitome of scum. Oh, sure, his information was always good. You didn't make it as a broker selling bum intel. If that kind of word got around, not only would you lose your customers in a flash, you'd have whoever you sold the info to on your tail for the rest of your life just on principle. No, the issue with Gazik was that he sold any information to anyone, including whoever bought information from him. Nothing was sacred. That didn't stop him from cleaning up a tidy business on the streets, though, because at the end of the day he was still a damn good broker. If no one knew the word you were looking for, then you went to Gazik because he would know it. He would have heard something. And he'd always sell. Until today. I need info, Fi said. I know Glask blacklisted me, and I get that, but you've never given a shit, and neither have half the info brokers in Zaun, except suddenly I can't find a damn one of them, and now you've suddenly grown a conscience? Maybe our family religion, Kazakh sneered. Yeah, right. The only god you've ever worshipped is in that bag at your feet, Fi said. Told you. Kazakh's voice softened. How things change. Not this, Vi replied. Not you. You know the difference between you and me, Vi? Gazak asked. Enlighten me. Gazak slumped back against the wall behind him and said, I work with Pilties and sell to Pilties, and I'll take their coin. But that's just business, Savvy. It's all business. And they personal. And at the end of the day, I'm still a good and faithful son of Mother Zorn. She knows you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. And? Vi asked. And you made it personal, Kazakh said. Vi clenched her fist and fought down the urge to plant it in Gazik's smug face. So what if she had? Maybe it wasn't enough for her to just do what she had to do. Excuse me if I don't take pride in being forced to starve in the streets like a dog, Vi said. I was born here, Gaz, just like you. But you're fucking delusional if you think that's anything to be proud of. Say, go and join the brass bills. We used to knock our teeth in, huh? You proud of that? he asked. She buried her fist down to the knuckle in the steel wall behind him, and it folded like crepe paper. Gazak flinched and tried to scrabble away, but Vi slammed her fist into the wall on the other side of his head. Her fists bracketed him as she leaned in, wrinkling her nose at the chemical sweat stink of him. Pride ain't got nothing to do with it. Vi said. Oh, that's right. You do it for love, Kazakh sneered. Vi didn't flinch and she didn't look away. She met those watery, bloodshot eyes of his and then nodded. That's right, she said quietly. 
Because if mother wants me out of my ass because I met someone who actually loves me and who takes care of me and who wants me to be happy, then Ma Zong can go fuck herself. Something in Gazik's eyes shifted, and Vi stepped back from him. She gave him the space to stand up, and he rolled his neck to the tune of a few cracks and pops. <sighs> I'm getting too old for this shit, Gazik grumbled, then leaned down, swept up the money, and tied it to his belt. And Vi raised an eyebrow. Thought things changed, Vi asked. Gazik scoffed again. Call me sentimental, he replied. I've known you since you were just a snipe, and you've always had a soft one. But this advice is the last you're getting. Stairs on. All your deals are off, Savvy. No more pilty coin. And if you hear info from Zornite lips past tonight, then I guarantee you it ain't no good. Why? War's coming, Kazakh said. Real war this time. Not like with that piss ain't Silco tried to drum up. His little girl is shaping up to be twice the chem baron he ever was. Vi's mouth went dry. You, you want to try that one again? She said softly. Because it sounded a lot like you just said that Jinx is a chem baron. It's not like we elect them, Kazakh said with a crooked smile. Chem barons are just the biggest, baddest, and meanest of Malazorn's brood. They rule the streets because they can, and Jinx has planted a flag and claimed a whole ward. Whether she likes it or not, she's a baron now. So what? My sister gave orders? Vi asked, laughing weakly. Jinx doesn't give orders. Not Jinx, Gazak said. He was her wife. Word came down for the lady. No more pilties. And nobody argues with the lady. Nobody. Fire stepped forward. Who is she? She asked. Who is Jinx's wife that she can order around the brokers of Zaun? Why is everyone so scared of her? The brokers weren't a clan or a guild, nothing so organized, but they looked out for each other in a kind of self-serving manner. If someone attacked one broker, they might attack any of them. It was pure self-interest, but it had created a kind of secular network that was unparalleled in Zaun, like a spider web shared by a thousand hungry spiders. The brokers had no real loyalties to Zaun, Piltover, or even each other, but they did have a good sense of survival. Brokers don't cross Jinx, Gazak said. No one crosses Jinx. That's not what I asked, Fai said. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. That crooked smile of his showed off his metal teeth again. The point is that no one can control Jinx, except her wife. Jinx listens to us, have he? And having met her, I'll tell you that with the best will in the world and all the love in me heart, I'd rather fight Jinx buck naked with my plums out than cross that woman, cause she is stark raving mad. Vi shook her head and swore. Who is she? Sorry, Vi, but I ain't saying, Gazak said. You want to know the truth of the matter? The brokers sodded off for one reason and one reason only. Because they're scared of her. So it was fear. That much at least made sense. 
Zonites were consummate survivalists. You had to be if you were going to live in a place where the very air wanted you dead. This was darker news, though. Not just that Jinx was apparently a chem-baron now, but that her wife was apparently more than just some Zonite cutthroat. And Gazak talked about her with something like awe. So that's it? I asked. Eh, that's as it is, Gazak replied. Eh, look, what I said before, he blurred a breath. You found yourself a girl, and that's good on you. But, at the end of the day, she's a pill tea. Nothing personal, but you gotta choose a side. Maybe it ain't between Piltover and Zorn, yeah. Maybe it's between her and old mum. But it's still a side, and you can't have it both ways. That ain't even a choice, Gaz, I said. I love my Kate. She's my everything, got it? She pulled me out of hell, treated me like a real girl. And she was the first and only person in the world to ever make me feel like I ain't gotta be the strongest one in the room. Caitlin was the first person who had dared to be gentle with her. It was something that Vi hadn't even known that she'd wanted. It certainly wasn't something she'd thought she would need. But Caitlin had given her more than just a cushy life and a happy marriage. Caitlin had given her a reason to go on after everything else had gone dark. A reason that was more than just hate and spite. Sonite, Pilty. I don't think I care anymore, Vi admitted quietly. I'm starting with my cupcake, right or wrong, good or bad, she's all I've got. Gazak snorted. Huh. Guess you still got some trenchy left in you after all, then. Chuckling wanly, Vi latched one of her powered fists to her belt, drew out her hand from the Hextech sheath, and held it out to Gazak, who eyed it warily for a moment before taking it. Two scarred hands, one cold-dark and age-worn, the other scarred and calloused, gripped. Guess this is the last time we see each other, huh? I asked. As as it is, Gazak said. War's war, but it'll die down eventually. They let go, and Vi fitted her hand back into her gauntlet again, engaged the hexgem core and flexed her fingers. Gonna be a lot of dead, though, she replied. Ashes zone on a good day. Gazak replied. Take care of yourself, you old sump rat, Vi said as she backed up. And uh, if you see Jinx, tell her... Shit, never mind. Just take care. Gazak sketched a mocking salute before he lit off into the shadows, and Vi watched him go with an odd lump in her throat. She had never particularly liked the old man, but she'd had a certain respect for him. He was as slimy as they came, but he never put on airs. He knew exactly who and what he was, and that was something that Vi envied, especially at that moment. Goodbye, Gaz, Vi muttered before turning away and heading back towards Piltover. It was late by the time she got back to the Kiriman estate. The lights were still on in the parlor, though, which meant that Caitlin was still up waiting for her. That was no surprise, since Kate had a tendency to worry herself sick whenever Vi went into Zon alone. And that went double after the incident at Glask Industries with the Arcturus. Renata had made it clear and in no uncertain terms exactly how unwelcome Vi was in Zaun. Not that that stopped her, of course. It just made her job a lot more difficult. Vi had never shied away from a difficult job, though. 
She was no stranger to hard and dangerous work, and not even living in the palatial house of Kiriman had softened her up to take that away. Not entirely, anyway. Privately, Vi had to admit that she wasn't as young as she used to be. She wasn't old, either. Not by Pilty's standards, but she hurt more lately. Zonites lived hard, short lives for the most part. Her brutal childhood had left her riddled with aches and pains that had been easier to ignore five or six years ago, and now they were catching up to her. In ten years, Vi couldn't help but wonder what state she would be in. Most Zonites never lived to see that side of their thirties. Vi trudged through the door and made a hard left towards the parlor where Caitlin was waiting for her in her reading chair. She had her legs tucked under her, and she was curled up in a blanket with a cup of tea and a book, which gave the impression of nothing so much as a sleepy cat. How was it? Caitlin asked as Vi shed both of her gauntlets, letting them fall to the floor with a pair of dull thumps, before dropping onto the couch across from Caitlin. There was a dark beer already waiting for her. Bless that woman. Mostly bupkis, Vi said as she picked up the bottle, cracked the top, and took a swig. No leads. Vi swallowed, then leaned forward on her knees as she hung the bottle between her legs and said, I didn't say that. Caitlin frowned. What did you learn? The broker network is... Uh, I can't use it anymore, Vi said. Don't know how reliable anything I learned even is, to be honest. Sitting up, Caitlin rose from her chair, shuffled over to the couch beside Vi, carrying her tea, book, and blanket, and sat down. She curled up, and Vi sat back, before getting an arm around her wife. Tell me anyway, Caitlin said. Even lies have their uses. Loose Lips Gaz was... even he was barely talking, and he'd sell his own foot if he thought he could get a good deal on it, Vi said. He was scared, Kate. And that's saying something. She leaned her head against Caitlin's and said, He told me that Jinx's wife was someone called the Lady, and that she'd been visiting the brokers, putting the fear in them. The new rule is no more deals with Pilties, and that's not all. Vi bit her lip as she tried to picture the image that Gazak had left her with. She sipped at her beer, and that slightly too clean taste hit her tongue. It really wasn't anything like Zonite brew. It's about her, isn't it? Kevin asked. He called her a bearing cupcake, Vi said. Jinx. He called her a baron. Caitlin's teacup clinked against the saucer in her hand, and she stared blankly ahead for a long moment. That stiff upper lip of hers was pulling double duty in the face of the news that Vi had just delivered. Did you confirm it? Caitlin asked hollowly. Fi shook her head. Nah, just here safer now, but, uh, you want my professional opinion? Then he ain't lying. Gaz is a lot of things, but he was never a liar. Kembaran Jinx, Caitlin whispered, then shivered, and her teacup clattered as she lifted it to her lips and took a sip. They sat in silence for several Definitely long moments, while Caitlin slowly finished her tea and Vi killed her beer. Briefly, Vi had the urge to go track down that invitation that Tobias had sent them, the one to visit Ionia, and take him up on it. She could drag Caitlin there, then they could just watch Piltover burn. Zon, too, probably, it was going to burn. 
There was another soft clink as Caitlin set her cup and saucer down on the table, retreated back into her blankets, and curled up as close to Vi as she could get. Do you resent me, my love? Caitlin asked. What? Vi frowned and looked at her. What kind of question is that? I took you away from Zon, and everything you know, and brought you to this place where I can barely even protect you, much less anything else. Kitwin murmured. A place where you will always be judged for where you were born. She shivered again and gave a brittle laugh. Sometimes I think you'd have been happier if you'd just, just stayed in. Vi turned, caught Caitlin's chin, and drew her up into a kiss. It was a soft, insistent press of lips. And suddenly Caitlin's arms were around her. She was pulling herself as close to Vi as she could, and drinking in her breath with every peppered kiss. I'm sorry, Caitlin sobbed quietly. I'm sorry, I didn't. I just... I know, Cupcake, I know. I said. I'm scared, too. It didn't have to be like this, Caitlin said. Maybe it did. Vi wrapped her arms around her and held on tight as Caitlin clung to her. But I don't regret a damn thing. Not you and me. Not leaving Zahn. Nothing, okay? Shit happens. But you. You're the one good thing that I got. You're my whole fucking world, Cupcake. I don't care where we go, what we do, or any of that. All I want is you, okay? Fuck Ma Zong and all her shitty kids. Because I'm allowed to be fucking happy, and you... You make me happy. You make me happy too, Vi. Kevin cried. But I'm so scared that this is going to go so horribly wrong. Vi laid a hand on Caitlin's cheek and drew her up, until they were looking into each other's eyes, and in that moment, Vi remembered the day they'd been married. It had been chaos. The ceremony had been huge, and there had been hundreds and hundreds of people all crammed around, cheering, and all Vi had been able to think about was getting away and going anywhere but there. And then she saw Caitlin in that pale Ionian silk dress with her hair done up in a braided bun by her father, smiling from behind a sheer veil. And suddenly it had all made perfect sense. Zahn, Piltover, none of that mattered. I chose you, Kate, Vi said. Fuck Zahn, and fuck everything else, because I chose you. Caitlin gripped Vi's shoulders, buried her face against the soft pillar of her neck, and said, I don't deserve you, Valet Kiriman, but I'm so very glad that I found you. Nodding, Vi leaned back and let Caitlin rest against her. For whatever Mother Zahn thought, Violet was pretty sure that her own mother would have been happy for her. Not that that mattered in the end. She was dead, and so was her dad. So were Vander and Milo and Clagger and so many others. The dead didn't get an opinion because they were long past caring, and Vi was long past torturing herself just because she wanted to be happy. And Caitlin made her happy, pilty or not, 
Caitlin made her happy, and she fucking deserved to be happy. They both did. We're gonna have to tell someone about Jinx, huh? I said. Yes, Caitlin murmured. But not right away. We need to confirm it, or we'll just cause a panic. But this is where it starts, huh? I think so. The council's gonna shit themselves. Caitlin snorted, then started to laugh, and Vi started to laugh with her. Canberran Jinx. What a fucking world. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.